This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala al-mab'uthi rahmatan lil'alameen. نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه والتابعين ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد. We commence by praising Allah subhanahu wa taala, sending blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, his entire household and all his companions. We ask Allah subhanahu wa taala to bless them all, and we ask Allah subhanahu wa taala to grant them every form of goodness and to bless every single one of us and to grant us goodness and peace as well in this dunya as well as in the next. Brothers and sisters, yesterday we made mention of consultation and the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has named an entire surah of the Qur'an after this term, consultation or the consultation. And I'm sure we benefited from it for indeed it is up to us to put into practice what we have learned from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This evening I'd like to start off by making mention of something very important that affects almost all of us. With Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is His decision as to whether I will have children or not, you will have children or not, and what type of children you have. That is Allah's decision. Yes, once we do have the children, the upbringing to a certain extent is in our hands. Beyond a certain point, it goes out of our hands. Like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has shown us that when your child is born, the first decisions that are made are 100% in your hands. So what name to give the child? The parent's hands. What clothing to buy? The parent's hands. Where the child, for example, would go to school? It's your decision. So all this, the child has no role to play in it at all. So if you were to make these initial decisions correctly, it will make it easier as the child grows up. Allah says, we take away that decision-making power from you and invest it into the child. So if you buy a child a little rattle, it will take it and be happy and laugh and be excited. But you know when the child grows a little bit older, it will refuse the toy. And it will feel insulted with a toy that is not upon the level that the child would perhaps consider acceptable. This is common logic. Sometimes we don't think about it. When the child is a baby, you can make it wear anything. Let the child grow up. It will say, Mom, I don't want to wear this today. There you are. Allah is showing you when you, were, when you had the child and the child was little, you had the power. We will take it away. Make sure between the two stages, you have settled the child into a, such a brilliant routine that it will only do that which pleases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then there will come a time when your child will tell you, I don't want to go to this school. Perhaps that will be a high school. Because when it comes to primary school, they won't really have a big say. And I don't want to study this subject and that. Whereas there was a time when you had every say. So let's make the best decisions for our children. Even the name we bless our child with, it's a blessing. That's why we say, you bless your child with a beautiful name. It is a requirement of Islam that you choose the names with the best of meanings so that your child can have a beautiful name. When people call the child, it will be such a beautiful name. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to select the best of names. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, some he has chosen to give only female children. Some he has chosen to give only male children. 
Some he has chosen to give both male as well as female. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says very clearly, some he has chosen to give no children. He knows. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows very very well exactly what you deserve, number one. And he knows what is best for you. The problem is we become depressed when Allah has not chosen to give us children. Not knowing there are others who had children, whose children were taken away at a young age or in their youth, who are even more depressed than those who did not have children. So Allah knows that for you it was better not to have them at all than to have had them and they are perhaps taken away in front of your eyes in a way that you may never get over. So understand, whatever Allah has done is the best for you. It is His choice. Let's not become upset. So Allah tells us here, in order that we achieve peace, and in order that we are protected from depression, and from whatever else that would probably affect our health, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, verse number 49 and 50 of the same surah, surah to shura, لِلَّهِ مُنْكُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ to Allah belongs the ownership of what is in the skies and on earth. Allah owns everything. He creates whatever He wants. It is Allah's decision. He gives whomsoever He wishes, only males. Whomsoever He wishes, He gives them only females. Whomsoever He wishes, He gives them both male and female. Whomsoever He wishes, He does not give them neither male nor female. All this is a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Some people have children and as the children grow up, something goes wrong and they will tell you, I wish I never had children. Because these children have been a means or they have caused my depression and my stress and this and that. May Allah not make us from those. And then you have some people who say, I lost my child when the child was 15, when the child was 20. I wish I'd never had to see this day. But then there are those whom Allah has protected from that. They are also depressed. So who is going to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Let us learn it is Allah's choice and decision. If He has not given you, Tell yourself, it is perhaps for a better reason. Yes, you may try, you may make dua, all that will draw you closer to Allah. But understand, the ultimate decision is that of your maker. Do not try and compete with him. He knows what, you, what was best for you and me. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us. In Surah Al-Zukhruf, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of another beautiful gift. The gift of the conveyance that we have. Today, conveyance has changed and it is changing drastically and very quickly. The type of vehicles that are out now are totally different from those that were out even 10 to 15 years ago. The facility that is there is amazing. Nowadays a vehicle, really, there is such facility that as you would like to overtake, the vehicle itself will tell you it's not safe to do so. It may show you with a little camera that there are vehicles in front. It will calculate for you the speed of the vehicle that is coming. And it will tell you, you are not going to make it even at your speed. Amazing. Amazing. But all this is in the hands of Allah. For us, we are riding it. Allah has given us the ability to be within that conveyance and to use it. Allah has made it such that we are enjoying it. Or 
it is to a certain extent in our control, but ultimately in the control of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Have you ever thought of animals? Imagine we have donkeys, we have cows, we have horses. These are used as conveyance, subhanallah. We have buffaloes, so many other animals that are used for conveyance purposes. Allah says, we are the ones who made these animals such that they already know what they are for. When you speak to the animal, it understands your language. You want to get the camel up, you make a sound and it gets up. You want to get it down, you make a sound and it sits down. You want to stop a donkey. Let's see if it started moving in the first place. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. My brothers and sisters, it's a reality. This is all from Allah. But sometimes something can go wrong, drastically wrong. You can find an animal just going wild. And if you're on it, the horse can actually flick you off and your bones can break. So Allah says, Allah has given you a gift. This is in Surah Al-Zukhruf. There is a dua that you should read after thanking Allah for having given you some form of control over that particular conveyance. لِتَسْتَوُوا عَلَىٰ ظُهُورِهِ Verse number 13, Surah Al-Zukhruf. ثُمَّ تَذْكُرُوا نِعْمَةَ رَبِّكُمْ إِذَا اسْتَوَيْتُمْ عَلَيْهِ Allah makes mention of how that when we get onto the conveyance, say it is an animal for example, even if it is a motor vehicle, the verse fits. We get on it and in order for us to show that gratitude to Allah, we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we should be saying, Glory be to Allah, all praise be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has given us the control of this, meaning the conveyance that we are upon. Yet, we could not have otherwise controlled it. And indeed, we are all going to return to Allah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us. May Allah grant us goodness. Really, the other day, I saw someone driving fast. And later on, when I had a chat with him, he told me, brother, what can I do? I had metal plates in my legs. So now my foot is a bit heavy. So subhanallah, the accelerator happens to be pressed without me wanting to press it. And I told him, brother, use the same foot for the brakes. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open our doors. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention here, I see there are a lot of fast drivers in this particular venue because everyone's looking at me, quite excited, mashallah. MashaAllah, don't worry, one of them is speaking to you as well. <laughs> so my brothers and sisters, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of the fact that He distributes whatever He wants in terms of favor to whomsoever He wishes. It's not in your hands, it's not in my hands. When Allah chooses to give you something, nobody can stop it. And when Allah has chosen not to give you something to give it to someone else, you cannot stop it. And you cannot block it. And you cannot have it for yourself. And this is why the kuffar of Quraysh, they contested one of the most greatest of blessings. What was that? The prophethood of Nabi wasallam. The greatest gift. Imagine prophethood, the best of creation. Allahu Akbar. And they argued, they did not agree. They wanted it for themselves. This is why, remember, do not become jealous at what Allah has given someone else. Because you're not burning about that. You actually arguing or debating or disagreeing with the distribution of Allah. So your fight is not with the one you're jealous of. It is actually with the maker who gave him. 
So don't be jealous. Because jealousy is a war with Allah. That's what it is. So Allah says, when you are jealous of someone, your other good deeds get eaten away. Just like the fire eats away at a dry wood. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. They said, and this is made mention of, in verse number 31 and 32 of the same surah, Allah says, وَقَالُوا The kuffar of Quraysh. What did they say? لَوْلَا نُزِّلَ هَذَا الْقُرْآنُ عَلَىٰ رَجُلٍ مِّنَ الْقَرْيَتَيْنِ عَظِيمٍ Why didn't this Qur'an come down upon a strong man from one of the two powerful big cities that is Makkah or Ta'if? Why did it have to come to this orphan child? And mashallah, this is actually a very very great encouragement to children who are orphans. Allah chose the best of creation to be an orphan and honored him with something that those who had both parents all their lives did not achieve. So don't be, don't be a person who thinks, wow, my father's gone and you know what, Allah grant him Jannah, but now I'm a weakling and I want this. Believe me, Allah has a plan for you, but you need to be dedicated. Do not pity yourself for no reason. Sometimes we become depressed because we try to pamper ourselves with these thoughts and feelings, but that's not good enough. Get up and prove the whole world wrong because it's in Allah's hands. He will give you and the whole world will just look, but this one didn't have shoes before. Subhanallah, now he owns Bata. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. May he open our doors. So my brothers and sisters, this was their argument. They said, why didn't Allah send down this Qur'an to a big man, a strong man, a powerful, wealthy person, someone who had a lot of control already. It's got nothing to do with that. Allah says, أَهُمْ يَقْسِمُونَ رَحْمَةَ رَبِّكَ Are they the ones who distribute the mercy of Allah? نَحْنُ قَسَمْنَا بَيْنَهُمْ We are the ones who have distributed between them. مَعِيشَتَهُمْ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا Even their livelihood in this world, we chose who to give more to, who to give less to. Those who might have lots in terms of sustenance, might not have anything in terms of knowledge, or in terms of control, or in terms of the other blessings of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nobody knows. This is all in the hands of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then you might have a person whom, for example, he might be respected by the whole world, but perhaps he might not have any wealth. He might not be a rich man. All this is in the hands of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah, whilst telling them what is right and wrong, the lesson is for every single one of us. May Allah never make us jealous of what someone else has achieved. Rather, may we be from amongst those who can learn a lesson, who can cry out to Allah, not only to protect those who have achieved, but even to grant us from some form of achievement. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept it from us. Then again, the importance of those the importance of good company. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in verse number 36 of Surah Al-Zukhruf speaks about who is it that will automatically fall into bad company. Look what Allah says. Whoever turns away from the remembrance of the Almighty, we appoint for him a devil to be his companion. So it's like a seesaw. The closer you are to Allah, the further you are to the devil, or from the devil. And the closer you are to the devil, the further you are from Allah. So if we are going to turn away from the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, He appoints a devil for such people, so that the devil can be the companion of that person. 
So now evil thoughts come into the mind. We are not happy when someone good is in our company because they're not in our clique and they don't think like us and we feel like this person is being a little bit hardline and so on. It's because we ourselves do not have a link with Allah. How are we going to feel good in the company of those who have a link with Allah? It's like a thief will never ever be happy in the company of those in the police force unless, unless, I won't end that inshallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. May He grant us, may He open our doors. So the same applies. A person who wants to be protected from the devil needs to develop a link with Allah and needs to be constantly in the remembrance of Allah. When time of salah comes, we need to be willing to fulfill that for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You find automatically your whole mind will change. Your way of thinking will change positively. This is why if you look at the following verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِنَّهُمْ لَيَصُدُّونَهُمْ عَنِ السَّبِيلِ وَيَحْسَبُونَ أَنَّهُمْ مُهْتَدُونَ What does the devil do to such people? These devils, they lead these people astray. But still these people think, you know what, we're doing the right thing. Because it's your company. Your company has knocked your brain. That's what has happened. So this is why my brothers and sisters, and I want to really say this because it's something that affects all of us. When we have bad company, Sometimes they will take us away from good company, giving us wrong advice even knowingly. So for example, say there are three or four friends and these friends, they have built something together, an empire or whatever else it is. And then if one of them befriends a wrong man, that wrong man will slowly take him away from the rest. And now that he's cut off, the loss is his. But the reason is, he allowed himself to get into company that was not good for him. So slowly he was brainwashed. And the way he was brainwashed was that he actually felt that, no, it's the right thing. These people are against me. No ways. I don't want to work with them. He says, break off. And we broke off. Subhanallah. And when we broke off, he patted us on the back, said, right, you're doing a good thing. Look, everybody's happy and so on. Wallahi, the loss is not for anyone but the one who chose that bad company. This is why those who are saved from this type of mal-understanding are those who definitely are in the remembrance of Allah. Allah grants them the ability to distinguish. This is why Allah says, verse number 67 of the same surah. Those who were the closest friends in this world shall be the biggest of enemies on the day of judgment besides those who were conscious of Allah. Your best friend, if he doesn't stop you from doing bad, he will be your worst enemy on the day of judgment. You'll catch him and say, why didn't you stop me? Look what's happened to us here. And so many of these debates are mentioned in the Qur'an. Pick up the Qur'an and read through its pages. You will find, subhanAllah, something that will move you forever and ever. This is Allah. So this is why the powerful wording of this, Allah says, Al-Akhillah, Khullah, is actually A'la Maratib Al-Mahabbah, one of the highest levels of love, one of the highest levels of companionship. Allah says, those who are the closest in this world shall be the biggest enemies. Besides those who are conscious of Allah, so they helped each other to do good. They, they reminded each other when bad things were happening. You know, if everyone goes to the pub together, those people are the ones who are going to be enemies on the day of judgment. But 
If as we are going to the pub, Allah protect us, one says, do you know what? Do not go there. It's very bad. I'm never going to speak to you again. Or they threaten us with something in order for us to quit that bad habit. In that case, we might not like them temporarily in this world for a moment because we might think, this guy is not cool. He's not mixing with us. He's not coming out with us. He's not enjoying the party. But later on, we will realize that was the one who cared for us truly. May Allah grant us goodness. The same happens to the youth. Even in our own families, when you tell a little child who's now teenage, you know what, this is very bad for you. You don't really need this phone right now. But why, dad? My whole classroom has the phone. Everyone's got the S4. Now dad looks at you and he looks and she says, when you come to school, I'll show you. And then she tells her friends, when my dad comes, wave at me with the phone in your hand. And all the dad sees all his phones and he says, okay, all right, we're giving in. But you don't know that phone might result in your downfall, you're too young to have it, really. Sometimes may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us, we don't want to listen to that, which is beneficial for us. And we don't understand that it is to our detriment if we are to ignore that advice which is powerful and solid, even if it is against our own wounds and fancies. This is Allah. And these reminders, they are all here in order for us to achieve ultimate peace. We want goodness, well you know what, have good friends. Remember, you also need to discourage those whom you are in the midst of from that which is bad. If you just sit back quiet and they mix with you, no, you are guilty as well. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. Let's move on to Surah Al-Ahqaf, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of Something very interesting which brought about a lot of comfort to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He was persecuted in Mecca. He was driven out of Ta'if. He lost his wife, radiyallahu anha. He lost his uncle. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells him, don't worry. If mankind are not listening to your message, we have a group of jinn kind whom we will let you witness how they took to your message and accepted it. So Allah says, verse number 29 to 32, and I suggest we read this of Surah Al-Ahqaf. وَإِذْ صَرَفْنَا إِلَيْكَ نَفَرًا مِّنَ الْجِنِّ يَسْتَمِعُونَ الْقُرْآنِ فَلَمَّا حَضَرُوهُ قَالُوا أَنصِتُوا Allah says, remember how we diverted a group of jinn towards you. Whilst you were reading the Qur'an, they were listening to this Qur'an. And when they got to the recitation, to where it was being recited, they looked at each other and said, keep quiet. Let's listen very carefully. When that recitation was finished, they went back to their people. Warning them. They said, oh our people, meaning speaking of the jinn kind. We have heard a book being recited after the book of Moses, and that is the Torah. It confirms everything that the Prophet Moses had brought. So the Quran is a completion. It confirms every matter of belief. If you look at the original teachings of Judaism and Christianity, they are exactly identical to that of Islam. Exactly. When we say belief, we are talking of belief in Allah, belief in the messengers, belief in the books, belief in the last day, belief in the life after death, belief in the fact that good and bad faith comes from Almighty and so on. And then there are certain things prohibited and certain things permissible and there is a way of praying and certain obligations. So sometimes the details of the method of prayer and what was permissible and not might be different. But regarding belief, it was always the same. From the beginning right to the end. 
The Almighty is one. Worship none besides one. He is one. He is alone. Worship none besides Him. None worthy of worship besides Him. They all had uttered those words. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us return to that which is correct. Amen. So my brothers and sisters, imagine how Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa was comforted by something else in totality. From this, do you know what we learn? We learn a lot. But I want to draw a point connected to our theme. Sometimes we become sad in life because of one thing that we've suffered a loss regarding. So Allah opens so many other doors to say, hang on, smile because of this. Be happy because of that. Why do you want to concentrate on this one thing? Look, here Rasulullah one after the other, they persecuted him. I made mention already of so many of the things that happened to him in terms of what we would consider negative. But Allah says, look, here are the jinn kind. They are accepting the message. So this was the opening of the doors. MashaAllah, tabarakallah. Same applies to us sometimes. If we look carefully and we are conscious of Allah and we are people who try to earn the pleasure of Allah, when one door closes, another ten doors open. When one door closes, another ten doors open. But sometimes we just need a tapping to say, look, there's the door. There's another door. Look what Allah's given you. Look what He's bestowed you. SubhanAllah. Look what He's given you. Sometimes we need to sit and think. This is why this whole month we've been saying, let's ponder, let's think over the gifts of Allah upon us. Thank Allah, you'll achieve a lot of peace. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. In Surah Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, there is an entire surah named after Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of so many aspects in this surah. I want to draw one. He asks a question, which is better? Is it better for someone to go into paradise or for someone... To be cast into hellfire forever. That's a question. But whilst asking the question, he has thrown in the description of this paradise. So look what he says. Verse number 15 of Surah Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa The example of that paradise, the gardens that have been promised to those who are conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says, It has, or these gardens have in them rivers of water. Water that is not changed in any way, neither in taste nor in its smell. In fact, it is very pleasant. Nothing changes that water. Beautiful water. You know, sometimes you have a beautiful river, but you cannot drink from it. Because it's changed somehow. The color is missed. Maybe there is some dirt in it. Maybe the smell. You know, you, you cannot trust. Something might have happened upstream. And as you are downstream, you notice this water is murky. You're not satisfied. In Jannah, it will not be like that. No matter what, it will be pure water. Completely, completely pure. Without any form of contamination. The best of water. So Allah says, this is what paradise will have. And on top of that, وَأَنْهَارٌ مِّن لَبَنٍ Rivers of pure milk, the taste of which will not change. It doesn't become, it does not become the sour milk or the yogurt that we know. No, it is pure milk. Imagine a river of milk. Just to close your eyes and think of it brings about coolness and calmness to the heart. And if you think milk brings about coolness to the heart, listen to what comes next. وَأَنْهَارٌ مِّنْ خَمْرٍ لَذَّةٍ لِلشَّارِبِينَ Rivers flowing of the most pure of juices, the most pure of fruit extract. The term used is khamr, but it is not a wine of today. You know, in the Old Testament, 
When the term wine is used, it is not referring to that which is intoxicating. It is referring to pure fruit juice. But because the English language is guilty of having changed over the centuries, in, to refer to it now as that which is intoxicating, they say, Jesus drank wine. We say, that means Jesus drank the pure fruit juice. It does not mean the wine and the vodka that you get at shop right round the, down the road. That's not what it was. Not at all. And the Christians know this. And so do the others. They know. They know it deep down. Those with knowledge understand. That if you look at the Aramaic term. And you look at how it was translated into wine. And how the English language perception of the term wine. Or understanding of it has changed over time. You will know that the wine that is mentioned in the Quran. Or in the Old Testament. Or what happened to Jesus may peace be upon him. Is definitely not the intoxicating thing that you get in the markets today. And they're just calling it a wine. It is referring to pure fruit juice. That is, that is the term wine. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us from the wines of Jannah. Don't worry. May Allah bless us. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Subhanallah. Subhanallah. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, min For me, this brings about the biggest peace. Allahu Akbar. Just the thought of it. I can sit and I can think about it for an hour. And I can just imagine it because I am into raw honey and all sorts of honey, mashallah. And we can distinguish between that which is just sugar that you get in the shops and that which is something else and that which is really, really the genuine stuff. Subhanallah. And here Allah says, in heaven, in the paradise, you will have rivers flowing of pure honey. Subhanallah. Allahu Akbar. The other day we said honey. Do you remember? That one will be there as well, inshallah. But... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, this is the pure honey, the real honey. Subhanallah, the whole river of it. Amazing, mashallah. Amazing. Imagine, you just picture a river. The next time you go to a river, close your eyes and imagine it's honey. Allahu Akbar. And I hope your honey is with you as well. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us and grant us goodness, my brothers and sisters. This dunya has in its sceneries that really bring about so much peace and serenity to our hearts and minds. What about the life after death when we go into paradise? May Allah grant it to us. Imagine, He says those rivers will be full but of something else. A different type of a liquid. And you know what? If you are imagining in your mind that I wonder what it tastes like, it's already on your tongue in your taste buds. So Allah says, for that, you need to work hard. You need to work hard. Because the opposite of that is one. كَمَنْ هُوَ خَالِدٌ فِي النَّارِ وَسُقُوا مَاءً حَمِيمًا فَقَطَّعَ أَمْعَاءَهُمْ Would you like from these rivers? Or would you like to be a person who is cast into hellfire, made to drink scalding water that will rip up his intestines? May Allah protect us from that. We don't even want to think about it because we are all trying our best. Don't we say, Allahumma innaka afuun to hibbul afwa fa'afu anni? Oh Allah, you are most forgiving, you love to forgive, so forgive me. Don't we utter that? Well, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive us by the will of Allah on condition that we are serious about the statement. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us people whose lives change. Amazing. I need to mention a few more points here. The next surah is Surah Al Fatih. Surah Al-Fatih is the surah named after the victory of Makkah. Very briefly, what happened is, when 
they arrived in the outskirts or on the outskirts of Makkah to Mukarramah, the kuffar inside Makkah did not allow the Muslims in. So they sent Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu anhu in in order to discuss. Look, we are here for Umrah. We did not come to fight. All we want is just to make the Umrah. And these people deny, disagreed. So a few things happened. I want to just mention one of them. One of them was subsequently a treaty was signed. That treaty was signed between Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the kuffar of Quraysh, the disbelievers of Quraysh. And as a result... If you looked at that treaty, it is still there to, to be seen. It is in the books of history made mention of. They removed the name Rasulullah wasallam. They said, just write your first name. We don't know you as Rasulullah. They removed so many things. If you looked at it, it was absolutely unfair. The Sahaba anhum were saying, they are saying, if someone leaves Makkah and comes to Medina, we must send him back. But if anyone leaves us and goes to them, they, use, they will not send him back. How fair is that? Not fair at all. And there were so many unfair clauses that were there. But by the will of Allah, Muhammad ﷺ agreed with every single one of them. And as they left Makkah al-Mukarramah, Allah revealed the verses. Indeed, we have granted you a clear victory. And some of the companions asked, is this a victory? Is this a victory? Well, if the Qur'an came down with verses then it is definitely a victory. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in no time, things changed by the will of Allah. He caused it to change. What happened? Because there was a peace between the kuffar and the people of Medina Munawwara, the Muslimin, there was an opportunity for the wings of Islam to spread across the globe. So what seemed negative, actually had so much positive in it, that it was termed as a big victory. So my brothers and sisters, remember, in a few years time, the whole victory of Makkah happened. It was a result of that particular treaty that they signed. Remember one thing. No matter what appears to be negative, and no matter how negative it appears to be, if we are upright, it is a victory for us by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we've said this at the beginning, that every time the enemy tried to spoil the good name of Islam and blame the Muslims for things they have not done, it has always been, it has always, without exception, without a single exception, it has always been such that more and more people have entered into the fold of Islam as a direct result. Never underestimate the power of Allah. No matter how many cartoons they made, how many videos they made, no matter what they've done, how they've lied, what, how they have conned the people as to what Islam is, how they try to damage the reputation of the one whose reputation is, is really beyond anyone's reach in terms of trying to cause damage. Every time they tried something, more and more people turn to the deen. The question I have, are we turning to the deen? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us steadfastness until we meet again. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi, subhanakallahum wa bihamdik. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayki.